It's finally here. It's the college football playoff. Joe Aguirre, Jace Garcia, Sean Scanlon, and myself will get you caught up with the news in college football. Plus, a review of the New Year's Six Bowl games, predict the Heisman winner, and a special invite to our Capital One Bowl Mania Challenge. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It's All Four Downs Podcast presented by the CMG Sports Network. HHW Show Podcast returns January 5th with a new season, Road to the Royal Rumble. Hector, Frank, Jason, Ovi will be on the set with the latest news and takeaways. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and you can listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast app. Welcome to All Four Downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you check us out at clovercrestmedia.com for all the latest in the wide world of sports. It was championship weekend in college football. There were some amazing games. There were certainly some upsets, but some unexpected heroes like Trey Sermon, for instance. But expected results, for the most part, right down to the playoff rankings and Mac Jones, I believe, has wrapped up the Heisman Trophy. Uh, let's bring in the rest of the gang as we uh, break things down. Hector, Jace, Sean, Justin, and, of course, Ovi Munez will be along in just a bit. Um, let's start with these college football rankings. Uh, great games. On Sunday, uh, we certainly talked about it. We We did a special on that. Nobody was particularly shocked by what happened. Um, maybe, maybe BYU uh, not being, uh, or yeah, uh, Cincinnati not being in the top six. Rather, maybe the biggest surprise. Although, Sean, I think even with that, I don't know that anybody was shocked when it happened. Yeah, I definitely wasn't shocked with what the committee did. Um, we knew uh, that they wanted to put Ohio State in there, and we uh, really what it came down to was. Uh, were they going to uh, penalize Notre Dame for losing so much to Clemson or were they going to reward Texas A&M um, even though they got blown out by Alabama for winning the rest of their games? But we knew ultimately that Ohio State was going to be in there and uh, that Notre Dame definitely, you know, had a chance. But it's definitely surprising that a team like Oklahoma, who, you know, has been playing better as of late, um, you know, they lost two games earlier in the season. So it's definitely a shocker to, to me at least to see them number six. Um at least for what I would have expected, but uh, it didn't surprise me that the committee did this, though. Hector, were you nervous at all about Notre Dame obviously having lost and, and rather badly to Clemson that they wouldn't have finished in the top four? Any concern at all there or, again, just expected as, as all of this was? No, there was a big concern there. I mean, watching the game, watching Notre Dame not perform to the level that they have been all year long, it started kind of getting into my mind is, was A&M a better fit than Notre Dame? But then I had to think about the resume, you know, and then as I started thinking about it, I, I started 
you know, not having as much as a concern as I did in the beginning of the game because Notre Dame throughout the season still had, the, to me, the better resume than A&M. Um, and so going into this game, they beat a Clemson team where A&M could not get the job done against in Alabama. So I knew at worst we were going to finish number four, and that's where we're at. So, yeah. Jace, obviously Cincinnati doesn't even crack this top six. More disrespect for the non-Power 5 conferences. I, I mean, again, we've discussed this a little bit. How shocked were you, though, uh, that, that they couldn't even get the courtesy six spot? I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Like, um, I mean, the, this season especially, this is a COVID season. Teams are allowed and not allowed to only play certain teams. So you're only as good as your schedule and you're only as good as your record shows because you can only play the teams you can play. And Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, they went through and they beat the teams they had to beat. And then I'm, I know that the – there's a power five this and power five that. I, I don't care when you can't branch out outside of your conference and you only play your conference. The power five doesn't necessarily mean anything. And if you're and if what we're expecting from this playoff is Alabama and Clemson to destroy both of their opponents. So why not just give a nod to a Cincy team, a coastal team? And what's really ridiculous is that sixth spot. Oklahoma, sure, they've been playing really good the second half of the season and later on, but they still have two losses. They started off the season shaky, but the this Coastal team and this uh, and this Cincinnati team, they played all their games and they won. They started when they started on the field to to now they have done their job. Oklahoma cannot say that because they lost two games. Justin, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, which of those is the best team in the country and why? I hate to go chalk here, but it's got to be Bama. I, I think this – I know defensively they weren't great Saturday against Florida, but, I you know, in week in, week out, we've seen this team get better defensively. They took a step back last week, but again, with just a three-headed monster, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae, Devontae Smith, I think they're so tough to slow down. Um, I just think Alabama is just more, a little bit more of a complete team than the Clemson Tigers are, even though Clemson did look really, really good. I'll still take Alabama right, right now. Um, they played very good Florida team, but I think Alabama, just with the offense they have, I think they can score. Um, again, we've seen it. You know, it's like they're averaging over forty points a game. I, you know, I think they could. Um, their their offense right now is just is just firing on all cylinders. I understand what you're saying, Justin, but you know, let's not discredit Clemson. There, I mean, let's not look past them. As, as, as that's a better saying. I mean, Clemson came back. Trevor Lawrence is back. The, the guys in the defense returned. They played Notre Dame. And shot heard around the world. They were like, "Look, we're we're here." And and to be honest with you, at the beginning of the season, before the pandemic pretty much hit us, the prediction was Ohio State versus Clemson in the finals. So now that we got two out of the four in there, um, and they're actually going to go against each other in the semifinals, Clemson, I think, in my opinion, is the best team out of the four. 
I mean, literally, they're on they're on fire, and you know, again, we could debate, and we're gonna we're gonna see it in the national championship that Clemson and Alabama. At, at, again, you guys might think different; it could be something else. But I got a feeling Clemson and Alabama will be the final two teams to go at it, and they're gonna answer our question of who is the best four teams. Nobody expected Mac Jones to be as good as Mac Jones was. Is the reason why people thought Clemson, Ohio State, based off simply Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. No, nobody thought that Mac Jones was going to be the best quarterback ever at Alabama, and he's on his way. So I think there's something to be said about that. Uh, and I think Justin's right. I, I, I think. Look, I, I told you, you know, watching the the Florida Alabama game. I I assumed Alabama would if they would have played eight more quarters, Alabama would have just kept scoring, and Florida never would have caught up in that game. That's how good Alabama's offense is. Every single time Florida went down the field, Alabama was like, "Yeah, well, here's another one." Now what are you going to do? Um, and it looked seamless for the most part when you watched Alabama move up and down the football field. And I think that's the difference. I mean, Kyle Trask had to have the game of his life to hang with Mac Jones in Alabama. The game of his life. So I don't know how I don't know how Trevor Lawrence is going to beat him. I mean, they're good. Both teams are really good. I just I don't know how anybody's stopping Alabama right now. And I'd be shocked to see uh, Clemson do it. But more power to him. But Clemson's been there before. These two teams so's Bama are going to play each other three times and. Clemson's took two out of three. And Alabama always had defense. They always had the firepower in the offense. And right now, it looks like Swinney has the advantage. He knows how to stop Nick Saban. But you, everyone has a point. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama wins. I mean, both teams are well-deserving to win. I'll be disappointed if one of them don't make it to the finals. Listen, if Clemson was, was crowned before the season as the champion... Ohio State was going to be a bad foil. They definitely weren't going to be the the right team to match them up with as far as how good is this Clemson team with Trevor Lawrence. I think now that you've got a, a literal rival, a team that stacks up and matches up really well with Clemson, I think at the very least, if Trevor Lawrence wins a national championship, he's going to have really earned it against Mac Jones and the Tide. Definitely would, um, you know, yeah, he definitely would. I, you know, because Brent Brandles is a great defensive coordinator. He may, you know, he makes a lot of. He's one of my favorites. He makes great adjustments all the time. We saw it Saturday at Dordane. He figured out a way to shut those guys down. Um, after Norway went went down the field, I think you know Alabama would have to win this game in a shootout. I just with how with how good Alabama's been. I just don't know if there is a defense out there that can slow them down because we haven't – because I was thinking about this. I was going to say this is a Heisman, but I don't think there's ever been a team before that has three Heisman finalists going into last weekend. They have three guys that can win Heisman. You know, like it's it's something we haven't seen, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I feel like this is – it's such a tough – it's just so tough to slow down. And if Alabama could get one stop or two, again, you know – I don't even know how many times they punted this year, but again, you probably counted on one hand. It's not many. Yeah, and I'll be. I, 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 excuse me. I am excited to see Devontae Smith, and, and if they do play against Clemson in the finals, 
I want to see him perform against that Clemson defense. Can he be open like he has in the past 10 games? That's going to be pretty awesome to see. And then, Joe, you're right. Mac Jones, his accuracy is on point. It don't matter which receiver, or running back, tight end. It doesn't matter. When he throws that ball, nobody saw it coming. Nobody, you know, once Tua left to Miami, nobody ever thought that Mac Jones was going to be the guy for Alabama. You know, people thought he was just a fill-in. But it turned out to be that he's not only legit, but he's going to be a high draft pick when that time comes. So, but then you also got Trevor Lawrence, man. I mean, it, this is like a heavyweight a heavyweight match. I'm telling you, Joe. It's going to happen. And I, I just can't wait to see it, man. I'm excited. You know, let well, me we start it. <clears throat> we deserve a, a big national championship like that. Like, uh, a, a lot. You know, it's Hector. You know, I, I think I, I'd like to ask you, obviously, Notre Dame's pulling uh tough first-round matchup here. And I thought Notre Dame was playing some of their best football leading into the game with Clemson. And while I thought they would lose, I didn't think they were going to get their doors blown off. How you and feeling that, about Bama? You know, I think if we can, if we can find a way of slowing Mac Jones down, we're not going to stop him, but if we can contain him, put pressure on him, because I'm not worried about Bama's defense. Bama's defense has proven all year that you're going to give up the points, and we have the offensive power to put the points up. In order to win this shootout, we're going to have to contain Mac Jones or shut down Devontae Smith or Najee Harris. We can't shut them both down. we got to shut down one of them. And then, like I said, put pressure on Jones to force him to throw that ball. We leave him too much time in the pocket, then our, then our defense is going to get torched all night. I think that's our only chance that we got because Ian Book is going to put points up. We're going to, Kyron Williams, he's going to run this ball. I don't see Bama's defense stopping us at whatsoever. It's going to be whether our defense can slow down that Bama do, de, uh, offense and, that front, and try to get through that front seven. So we're going to see. You, you hit the nail on the head right there, Hector. This, this It's coming down to Notre Dame's defense versus Mac Jones. And Mac Jones, like, like I, I ate my humble pie. I, 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 I doubted this kid a lot. But also, I, he hasn't faced a defense like Notre Dame's defense. I know Notre Dame struggled defensively last week, but that's Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, no matter what, like, Mac Jones is having a great season, but Mac Jones is not a Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence was able to make it work. Can Mac Jones do that? After the Georgia game, I, I would have thought maybe. But then looking back and seeing how actually suspect Georgia's defense is, uh, Texas A&M, they, they struggled at the beginning defensively, the beginning of the season defensively, and then they seemingly got it kind of under control. But, I mean, I know he's got these weapons, but you have to get the ball to these weapons. And I, I don't know if Mac Jones has necessarily struggled so far this year to get the ball to his weapons, get the ball to Najee Harris, get the ball to Devontae Smith. And I think Notre Dame... And then if they do win, which I expect them to, and when they face Clemson, I, I, I think that's going to be the real storyline. I can, I mean, Mac Jones has shown he can do great things, but is he really that good? Is he, he is that, that good, you goofball. He, no, 
Shut your mouth. Take him out of here for a minute. Let me smack you upside the head with some facts. Mac Jones has completed 72.9% of his passes this year, 32 touchdowns to 213.9 rating. He is number two, three, four in all of the big statistical categories. But your question's a good one. How does he do against top 25 teams? His completion percentage goes up to 74.2%. His rating goes up to 219.1. And 18 of the 32 touchdowns this year are against top 25 teams. So give me a break about Mac Jones and what he's going to do against the good. He's already been there. He's already done that. Next, please. All right, top 25 teams, but what about top defenses? Jace. What top defense has he faced this year? Georgia. But look at how suspect Georgia's been against top. De- they can do well against the Georgia Bandies. wasn't suspect until, well until Alabama lit them up, and you know it. They can do well. That's why you eat pie. Remember the pie in the face? Well, they can do well against the 60th and 50th best defenses in a COVID season, but when they go up against a Alabama, or so, so that isn't necessarily a good defense. Clemson has one of the top offenses, and even though – Notre Dame did not do it in the ACC championship. They still were able to hold them a little bit in. They were still able to. Chase, I just explained to you that against the, the better teams he's faced this year, his play has improved. That more than half of his touchdowns have been against the better teams, the top 25 yes, teams. He's very faced. offensive sided teams. Where are the defenses? Where's no defense he Chase, has faced yet? Chase, this year. Chase, he hasn't he has faced a great defense. He hasn't faced defense. a great defense. I'm not going to hold it against him. What are you even talking about? No, that, that's why when he plays better levels of competition, and one would have to assume. A better level of competition, a better level of team, a top 25 team. You have to have a decent defense at the very least. So to suggest he had, and again, I've explained his numbers go through the roof against the better teams. Do you need more pie? Want another pie in the face? I think I think the, the bet is on. I think we, we could have that bet for the semifinals. But to, to answer this, look, in Notre Dame, the way the Notre Dame has played against Clemson and the way they lost to Clemson one has to be concerned can Notre Dame hang with Alabama and the question right now is no Notre Dame cannot hang with Alabama well those five we only talk about three guys in Alabama there are more people in Alabama more wide receivers you know additional running backs that could do the same thing that Smith and Harris could do okay and if you look at the accuracy of Mac Jones, I said this already, it is on point. He don't you don't need wide receivers to do those help those those crazy acrobatic catches. It's always on them. They don't all they have to do is run. And we've seen it every week. Can't other quarterbacks do the same thing Mac Jones can? One person, Trevor Lawrence. And even that, Trevor Lawrence. It's probably better than Mac Jones because when he doesn't throw, he could run. That guy could run. Mac Jones is a pocket passer. But other than that, I'm sorry, but the argument about Alabama, about Mac Jones against Notre Dame defense, I'm I'm not I'm not sold, man. I'm not sold. I think that he'll he'll carry on. And again, we'll see on New Year's Day if that's if that if that's if that happens. But hey, we gotta 
Um, talking about New Year's Day and all these other bowl games that's going on. Uh, we got the New Year's Six Bowl with the Fiesta Bowl, Peach Bowl, Orange Bowl, all these great games besides the semifinals. And let, let's start off with here the Fiesta Bowl for the first time. Oregon versus Iowa State, number 25 versus number 10. Sean, I haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, what's your take on this game? Uh, Pac- I like. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I like Iowa State uh, a lot in this game. Um, I think Oregon, you know, they, they had the big win in the Pac-12 championship, obviously. But uh, the rest of their season was really sketchy. Um, and Iowa State, you know, they had the tough loss to Oklahoma. But I really like their defense. Uh, I like their, their running game and Brees Hall. So I think that they have a good chance to attack this uh, this Oregon defense. And I think it will be uh, a relatively low-scoring game because neither of these offenses are, you know, too, too explosive. But um, I would say that I would take Iowa State probably by uh, probably by around a touchdown. I'd say they probably win thirty-one to twenty-three. But um, I do like Iowa Iowa State's chances to bounce back after uh, a tough loss um, in the Big Twelve Championship to Oklahoma. Yeah, Justin, do you agree with his, with his uh, assessment? Yeah, I'll take the Cyclones. I think they pull it out closely. I like Bryce Hall, Xavier Hutchins, Hutchins um, to be the newcomer of the year, Big Twelve. Brock Purdy, I think he plays. He played better in the second half on Saturday. Um, this, you know, Ducks team got a nice win against USC, but they, you know, we know USC's kind of they came back. They haven't played a full sixty yet. So yeah, I you know, I know the Cyclones haven't been in a game like this, and I don't think they've ever had like a you know BCS game before. So I'll take these. I'll take the Cyclones to be able to pull it out um, at home. Um, I think the Ducks have been getting better the last few weeks. But I, I love Matt Campbell and what he's doing to Cyclones program. All right. Hey, my favorite game that's coming up right here is the Peach Bowl, which is Georgia and Cincinnati. Matt, I, I'll tell you what. I, I am a Georgia fan, and I will be biased. I'm going to say Georgia is going to pound Cincinnati. But I got to give credit to Cincinnati when the credit's due. And this is going to be a, the biggest test to see if the committee got it right. And, Joe, you know, we've been talking about um the the committee why they not put cincinnati ranked number four ahead of ohio state and everything else uh what's your take on this well you you just said it you just said you got to give cincinnati their due they're going to go get pounded by georgia and i could not disagree with you more um i think cincinnati will win that game outright i think it'll be low scoring and i i think it'll it'll end uh with Cincinnati putting the debate uh, to rest how good their defense is. I think Georgia is, is going to find that they're playing a big boy team, and I think people like you uh, and people all over Georgia are going to realize wow. that just being in a big boy conference doesn't make you a big boy team. And and I hope Cincinnati slaps the southern drawl right out of them. Well, I'm going to tell you like this. Ritter has never seen a team like Georgia. In their schedule okay and when you take well, out Ritter confused. off his game now i'm confused because jace just told me a minute ago georgia sucked now georgia's great and they're better than cincinnati which means that one of you is full of crap here because well, you just got I'm finished t- telling me how good cincinnati was I, i'm now i'm having i'm having you're you're biased here. because since the start of the season you didn't like georgia at all but ever since jt daniels took over as a starting quarterback okay Jace, I'm talking to Joe, man. What, what's up with you? You okay, man? All right, brother. 
All right, fair enough. But uh, JT Daniels, that we finally got an offense. We got a quarterback that's almost equivalent to Mac Jones. Okay, that dude could throw it on point, could get it to the receivers. They're making plays. Okay, something that they didn't have the first four weeks of the season. And I'm telling you right now, the the Georgia defense is as good as you think that they're not, but they are good. And I'm sorry to tell you, Cincinnati's not coming out of that game victorious. Hector, what's your take on that, Hector? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I went for Georgia in this one. I mean, I'm just kind of interested to see how Cincinnati's defense is going to try to contain JT Daniels in that offense, honestly. So like, I, I agree. If Cincinnati, you know, claims to be the, one of the best teams, they're undefeated, then they're going to have to play with the big dogs and see if they can beat an SEC team like Georgia. So let, let's bring it on and see what they can do about it. But if they go in there and just choke it all, then – that's one team that we don't need to be talking about with their undefeated record this year. Absolutely. They're going to put that that undefeated record to rest. Uh, head-to-head, uh, they're two, uh, Georgia's 2-0. and The last time they played was back in 1976. I think uh, Joe was probably, one. I don't know, uh, still in Pampers, maybe? I sure I was. <laughs> I was definitely I started learning how to walk. <laughs> but, uh, hey, Cincinnati are the conference champions. Uh doing good things uh georgia fell short against florida and against alabama uh maybe next year as we always say yeah maybe next year we get it i know we haven't been national champions but uh they're gonna take this game man i'm sorry justin what do you what's your take on this i get the bearcats i've been on them all year i think they have the best all-around defense in the country and and i think luke fickle and his bearcats are gonna prove it saturday or on new year's day i mean um I know they didn't they weren't great against Tulsa but look they had a month layoff like you know they get all that rust off they put in a rain you know it was downpouring most that Saturday night JT Daniels has definitely evolved that offense and they and Georgia's look great but the thing is how how motivated is Georgia going to be in this game like uh, you know again there could be some opt-outs on Georgia's side I think this is Cincinnati really wants to prove to the country that they belong and that the committee got it got it wrong and they should be higher up. Um, and I think Desmond Ritter plays a really good game. I think Cincinnati controls it and I'm going to take the Bearcats. I've, I've loved them all year and I'm not going to pick against them this time. So what you're trying to say is, is that should Cincinnati win, which I highly doubt, uh, that they'll be like UCF a couple of years ago and claim themselves as champions. I don't think um, they'll go that far. Help yes. me out here for a minute with your superstar quarterback because against Mississippi State three games ago, 29 for 38, 401 and four touchdowns. He followed that up with a 10 for 16 for 139, two touchdowns and a pick, and 19 for 27, 299 and three touchdowns. And, and I think you said, I think you actually used Mac Jones's name in the same sentence as that garbage. Yeah, yeah, you're I, out of I, your mind. Oh, you're, you're out of your mind. If you're well, putting that guy in, are you out of your mind? So let's look Get at Mac there. Jones as one of his games. Trophy winner and a guy who's had one good game this year. Daniel, Daniels had one good game. Are you serious Bro, right now? Listen, listen. Your your guy faced garbage teams and he beat the crap out of them. Well, we're the definitely only, gonna have to test your eyes your your eye test think. on this Mr. one. Oldie, this is a guy that you'll likes think. Mike Lennon more. You guys than gotta. Herbert. You guys gotta he, get. You guys gotta get the SEC out of your. You gotta get the SEC out of your mind. Stop letting the Power Five control your thoughts. 
I'm okay. not letting the pride fight to my thought. I'm just telling you, you how something. it is. How is it that a defense that Cincinnati runs? What do you think? What do you think George is going to do that that they've never seen before? Are they going to come up with something other than a throw or a run? Is there some in between thing that they're Cincinnati's going to pound the ball before? to Cincinnati? You're out of your mind, Cincinnati's going to stifle the crap out of Georgia. Stop, Joe. Stop. You'll see. Georgia got more talent than Cincinnati Bearcats. That's why Cincinnati's an American, an American conference. Keep they don't have all those keep talent like that. Georgia does. Keep I will keep believing that. that. And when I they watch win, Coastal Carolina, dude, a Coastal Carolina can play with anybody in the country. Let me tell you something. It comes down to running, running the right offense and defense for the personnel that you have. If you can do that, you can win football games. Hello? When you're Cincinnati, I mean, again, you have to learn how to play solid defense. They built a great program there, centered around defense. They've got a really good quarterback. Your obsession, hello. Your obsession with Daniels is, is bizarre, and I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't let it continue. People are watching this. Yes, yes, you're right, Joe. The people are watching, and you're gonna get a phone call pretty soon. Okay, all right, fair enough. I'm calling the landlord on you guys upstairs. Y'all making too much noise. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hey, another awesome game. Uh, North Carolina versus Texas A&M. Texas A&M fell short making it to the playoffs. Uh, as much as they want to concede and say, hey, listen, we deserve, we're better than Notre Dame. Unfortunately, the committee said, no, you're not. Now they're going to face North Carolina. And we're going to see if, if the Aggies are what they say they are. And, Sean, what, what do you, what's your take on this one? Um, I think that they're going to get proven that they are not the team that uh, that we thought they are, and that uh, it's a good it's a good thing that they weren't in the, the top four for the college football playoffs because I think that North Carolina is going to come out and win this game. Uh, North Carolina has got an explosive offense; uh, they got a really good running game, and um, they also have a really good quarterback in Sam Howell. So I, I like their chances to put up a lot of points on this Texas A&M defense and. AM's offense, uh, they're pretty good at running the ball with Spiller. And Kellen Mund, uh, he's all right, but he's he's not going to bring you over the top. He um, He's not going to do, you know, the big game-breaking things. He won't lose you a game, but he's not going to bring you over the top to win the game. And I don't think that will be enough against a North Carolina team that will score all game. Um, so I think it will be a high-scoring game that UNC will pull out late. I think they probably win by around 10 points. So I'd say they go out and win uh, 45-35 um, in a big statement win because uh, I like the way that their offense has been playing lately, and I, I think they can continue to do that against the Aggies. And with this thing, UNC is so weird. It's a weird uh, conundrum. They're a weird puzzle to solve because they're so young. They have so much talent. One of the best offenses in the country – but then when you saw them against Notre Dame, they, they struggled because that defense was good. And then they also had these bumps along the road against Virginia and Florida State. I, I think they're going to come ready to play here. I, I think the offense is good enough. They're going to put up points. It's going to be a close game. But I, I expect the Aggies defense to edge them out. Uh, I expect the Aggies defense to stop them. Uh, and I expect Kel Mund in his final game as an Aggie – to do enough to make sure that, that, that he doesn't lose them the game. And I love this Isaiah Spiller kid, the running back for the Aggies. He's going to get the ball going. He's going to set up that play action for Kelman. Uh, I, I like the Aggies. I think they're good. 
And I think that they they give it to the, this young UNC team that, like, even though I, I think they're going to lose, they, they still have a bright future. I, I like the Aggies to get it done here. SEC. SEC. They've got to win because the SEC always wins. Let me tell you a little bit about this fraud team from Texas A&M. Garbage, garbage team. Okay, they handled two teams all year, South Carolina and Tennessee. That's it. Barely beat Florida, destroyed by Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, Mississippi State, all hung with them, all gave them great games. They beat Vanderbilt 17 to 12. That's a garbage program. Texas A&M are frauds. They were they were just sitting there protected in that spot just as a backup for the Power Five. Make sure you get the SEC in there. I can't wait to watch North Carolina light the Aggies up because that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a blowout. Well, to conquer, to I want to say counterattack it because then I'll go in the opposite of you. But uh, I'm going to agree with you, Joe, because the fact that I've been saying it all along, but you decided to disagree with me saying that AM should be always on top of Florida when I have Florida on top of AM regardless They're both of garbage. them losing. But I'm a oh, if they were that garbage, they almost came out with a victory over Alabama and in, in the championship. However, North Carolina is going to defeat the Aggies. I keep saying it all along. Aggies cannot put up numbers. Mine is not that great. You know that offense is supposed to be better every year. And it seems like they're going backwards every year. So that's my take. Hector, what's yours? You know, I got to disagree. North Carolina, they struggle. I mean, of course, we know they lost to Notre Dame. They gave up 53 to Wake Forest. They lost to a Virginia team. And not to mention they lost to a Florida State team. So we're talking about an SEC team that's second in rushing in the SEC. I think with Isaiah Spiller, they're going to run all over them. They're going to use that. They're going to use that to their advantage. And they got a quarterback in mind who can throw the ball, completing 63% of his, his passes. So I think they're going to just torch this Tar Heels defense and they're going to put up the numbers. I mean, granted, I give it to North Carolina. They destroyed the Hurricanes, but I'm looking at the, all the, the all their games and their resume. And if you lose to a Virginia team, I'm sorry. I, I don't know about that. I'd rather lose to Alabama than lose 17 to 12, they beat Vanderbilt. I mean, Vanderbilt's got a girl kicking for Christ's sake. Are you kidding me? Oh, easy time. Time. We're not being sexist on this show. Come on now. I don't, I, I, listen, I have all the respect in the world for Sarah Fuller. All the respect. My point is, Vanderbilt's a garbage program. Yeah, and the well, number five team in the country beat them 17 to 12. Please stop telling me Texas A&M's a good team. I don't care what, I don't care what conference they're in. I really don't. And that's why they pair these two teams together. Yeah, we're, it makes perfect sense. That's why it's going to be a good game. But it's okay to give up 53 points to Wake Forest? The SEC <laughs> is not as good as you all think it is. How many? I mean, we, do we have to watch all these bowl games to prove it? We are going to watch all these bowl games to oh, prove it. Oh, I know it. we are. And I all hope right. everybody joins so, us. Well, you're asking so. the question? <laughs> all it right. Was, that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Well, here's here's keep 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 with your rhetoricalness because we got the Florida Gators, your favorite team, versus Oklahoma, and I will start from the beginning. Hector, I will start with you on this one. Who you got? 
I got the Florida Gators in this one. I was kind of skeptic at first. I mean, I know how Oklahoma's been playing. You know, they they just turned on the heat at the end of the season, you know, running the Big 12 and everything. But I I, I just got a I just got one of those gut feelings that Florida's gonna come out here and just do what they almost did to Alabama, and they're gonna put it on Oklahoma this way, the same way. I don't think they're gonna lose any of that mojo. Um, I'm actually going with the Sooners. I think um, Kyle Pitts opted out of this game and declared for the draft. So I think as we saw that LSU game, I think, you know, there could be some struggles offensively for Florida. I just love the way Oklahoma's been playing, just up front, the defense. Um, Again, they played a great three quarters last week. They let Iowa State back into the game. Um, As long as Spencer Rattler takes care of the ball, I think Oklahoma does enough defensively. I think Oklahoma's a better defensive team than the Florida Gators are right now. And I'm going to take OU to get, get the win down in Jerry's world. I think they're a bit better right now than Gators. Uh, Oklahoma's defense has done pretty well the past couple of weeks, and then that's really what's led to this uh, streak that they had since those two losses. But, I mean, what really elite offense, what elite quarterback, what good quarterback even ha- have they faced? In Kyle Trask – yeah, I mean, he he was a, he was a Heisman contender at one point. He puts up numbers. He's put, he put up numbers better than Joe Burrow last year. So th- this dude's a baller. He he's gonna come to play. I I, I like Oklahoma's defense, but I, I I think it's a solid Big Twelve defense. I I, I don't see them facing. I, I don't see them standing a chance against Kyle Trask. Even though Kyle Pitts isn't gonna be there. I, I, I still like what Kyle Trask can do. I still like this offense that Georgia has, and I think they're going to light up the, this Oklahoma team. Well, I beg to differ there. I think the Oklahoma defense has gotten better each week. They learned their lesson after their second loss. They continue to, to dominate each team that crossed their path. I mean, look, they had a revenge game against Iowa State, and they won convincingly fashion. So, they're going to go in there. I think Florida with Pitts going out, I think we might hear more players opting out for the NFL draft. And look, the discipline is not even there for Florida. I mean, look, they cost them the game when they threw the shoe, man. Come on against LSU. Who does that? You know? So I'm telling you right now, man, I'm picking Oklahoma to to upset the Florida Gators. And, and I, I give them props, man. Oklahoma is a disciplined team. They're motivated, and they're, they're, they're together on this. You want some more motivation? Florida linebacker James Houston said he doesn't think Oklahoma's in the same league as the Gators. How about some, some billboard material, idiot? Only a Dan Mullins team would find a way to insult another team enough to get their asses kicked. Um, I will point this out. Oklahoma's got three wins over top 25 teams. Your, your boys in Florida? One. Georgia, who sucks. There you go. Georgia doesn't suck. <laughs> we didn't have a quarterback it, it, against them. It depends on the conversation we're having with, when, when we decide whether they suck or not, I notice. Sometimes well, they do when you're trying to make one point, and other times they don't when you want to make a different point. Not buying so, it. So what you're saying is sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. I want consistency, um, like a yeah. nut, like nougat. <laughs> Oklahoma's defense uh, in the second half of the season, they definitely played a lot better, but they, they haven't faced an aura. 
<laughs> they haven't faced an offense. Uh, they haven't faced like an offense like Florida all year long. And uh, even though Kyle Pitts is going to be out, uh, Kadarius Tony is still one of the better receivers in the country. I think they're going to give Oklahoma fits all day. And Spencer Rattler, he, uh, he's been all right in his freshman season, but nowhere near the the offense that Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley usually has. So I'm going to pick Florida in this one. I think Kyle Trask is going to have a huge game and, and likely his last college game. Um, so I, I think they're going to come out, score a lot of points. I think they win 41 to 35 in a high scoring affair. I like your assessment, Sean. Um, and, and like I said, hey, this game's going to be good. I think it's going to go down to the wire. In, in seriousness, I think it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. I think both both these offenses, no matter if Pitts is there or not, but I still think Oklahoma might pull it out. But hey, the last time these two teams met was in the Bowl Championship Series with Tim Tebow versus Sam Bradford. Y'all yeah, remember the yeah, legendary coach, when Urban I said Meyer? Florida would win by 10. And Bob Stoops. <laughs> and there you go. That might be the final score. How about that? All right, but then you're right. You got Spencer Rattler and Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask, he's having one hell of a season, man. But uh, you got to take an effect that since Pitts ain't going to be playing, you know, that's kind of may hurt the offense. I'm just saying. But hey, we're moving on there to the semifinals of college football playoffs. And then, hey, the most appearance is Alabama and Clemson. You know, they're, they're entering their sixth College playoffs, both uh, Alabama and Clemson, they're both six and three. Uh, but look at the championships, both Alabama and Clemson, both tied at two. And like I said, this happens for the past seven seasons. Uh, everybody remembers last year, LSU pretty much run, they, they, they ran the show all the way. Uh, but hey, they, they went the opposite direction this year. But semifinals. Yeah, real quick, real quick, not for nothing. When, when you look at that list and you look at the fact that Oklahoma is 0-4 and you're like, how come Cincinnati can't get a shot? I mean, yeah. come on. How, how, many, how many times do we have to watch Oklahoma blow a big game? How many times does that have to happen before we leave them out? Great point there. Yeah, I mean, point. but at the same time, they only had one loss to get in there. While everybody had had more losses, except for uh, UCF, I think that was that year that UCF could have gone in there. But again, um, it is what it is, man. I mean, these are the questions that it's hard to determine from the selection committee on why they put those teams in there. Yeah, uh, that's why I said we need we, we need an 18 playoff because if UCF can go out there and beat on Auburn in a bowl game and stay and go undefeated, why can't? Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina get that I got, shot. I got something better for that. Why not have the NCAA, who's been pretty much lame the whole entire season? They they allowed the conferences to run the show to come up with their own rules individually. How about they come up with a commissioner in college football? How does that sound, Joe? It's never going to happen. The Power Five seize control, and the NCAA is so foolish and corrupt. Though. It, it, it's it's beyond repair at this point. This thing is eventually, I think, going to end in a major antitrust lawsuit, where uh, all of college football is going to sue the SEC, uh, the Big Ten, and the ACC. You'll see. It'll happen because this thing's out of control, and the fact that these other schools can't sniff any sort of air at all, uh, this is eventually going to come to a head. And I think if you're the I think if you're the Pac-12, I think you get in on that lawsuit because while you're in the Power Five, you're clearly the redheaded stepchild in that family. Absolutely. Uh, and it's been proven all along. And how many times we're going to see 
Alabama and Clemson. I know they recruit very well, but uh, how many times are we going to see them every year going in there, no matter what happens? But, hey, it well, is again, what it doesn't is. It, doesn't it beg the question, then, if, if you're not going to consider any of the smaller conferences, then don't put them in the top ten. Right. Just just decide yep. that the top mm-hmm. ten's for big boys and the garbage programs, the lesser programs, you're you're eleven through twenty-five. We'll just filter you in between SEC and ACC teams, wherever we want to put a little space between a team that beat a team just so we feel better about ourselves. But stop teasing us. Don't don't put Cincinnati fifth and then slowly like, oh, they're gonna keep winning. We find a way to get them the hell out of there. Cause I that I can't stand for that. I, I right. mean that's or, garbage, and any fan, any fan who values and has integrity should should feel like garbage about the way they undercut all of these teams like that. Have two tournaments, Power Five separate themselves from everybody else, and we have two championships. What's wrong with that? Great. I, think that, the power that'd be a I mean, if, if you're going to do that, just have the Group of Five play in the FCS. Like, yeah. why even? Why does that even matter? Well. Well, it why not? Why do like wrestling have a heavyweight championship in the Intercontinental? Here's the Power Five champ. Here's the champ of of the other teams. Again, ha- have more of a tournament style situation. Have all of those conference champions battle it out in a, in a in a tournament to decide who the best non Power Five team is. Maybe a team like that can earn a spot into the playoffs the next season or or something. But it's got to be better than what it is because. I'll tell you what, through this pandemic, I've gotten more into college football than I have in, in a long time, and it's it's pissing me off, and it's failing and, and disappointing me as much as it always did, only now it's worse because it's more transparent, and we know the garbage that they're pulling. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah, that, it sucks. You know, I, I want to see a Cincinnati again, and you want to see a Colts again, because I saw the ratings for the rankings. The last seven years are all going down. It They only had... Uh, about 800,000 viewers, I think, for the like, the selection show. It keeps going down every year. Like, people are getting bored of the same four teams. People, you know, I thought, you know, let's do an eight, give the five power five champions their five spots, and then do three at-larges. And then one of the at-larges has to be the best group of five team. Why don't you do the, you know, again, I, I it's just, it's a joke because it, you know, it would create more of a parody, too. If you put a power group of five team in, you know, maybe more five, four stars, maybe not five, but maybe more five, four stars that can go play right away at a Cincinnati instead of maybe having to redshirt and wait a year or two at Alabama. They'd go to Cincinnati instead. It would create more parity. But again, the power fives, they don't care. It's, it's all about money. It, right, Justin. If, if that's what they were trying to do, they could easily do that. The problem is, right, they're definitely not, and I think that's the issue. And and the idea that, look, there's people that are, like, trying to blame this on the NCAA. It's the Power Five Conference, which is, like, just in a, in a weird way, just sees, like, governorship over NCAA football with no pushback initially from the NCAA at all. Yeah. It, because they all want to make money. And they don't care about the kids, and they don't care about building up other programs, and they don't care about parity. They they haven't looked at their brethren on the hardwood, and and seen what it does to have the mid majors, and how how much that changed the game. How much how much more exciting is the NCAA basketball tournament for that exact reason? I'm glad you mentioned that because Idiot. every everybody wants to see a Cinderella team. 
and we've seen plenty of Cinderella teams this this season with Coastal Carolina, with Cincinnati. I mean, the list goes on and on. We had some good teams, BYU, which we actually saw two Cinderella teams go at it, BYU and Coastal Carolina, to volunteer to play each other, you know, and they risked it all, and it was one hell of a game, and that's the type of games that we want to see. There's uh, not a Power 5 team that would have had the balls. Ohio State could have had a chance to go BYU against Texas A&M, and, and they decided Carolina not to. Carolina agreed to do undefeated, mid-season. Yeah, we'll duke it out. Balls. No. Yeah. And how does that get rewarded? It doesn't. Absolutely. Shame on the NCAA, and especially on the Power 5, and Gary Bart is a sociopath. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we're going to say for the semifinals next week, where we predict uh, who's going to make it to the championship and the winner. Uh, as we can see here, the semifinals, Ohio State versus Clemson. That will happen on New Year's Day. Uh, Clemson's own Ohio State, 4 to nothing. These are the four bowl games that they played. The semifinals last year, the PlayStation Bowl, the Orange Bowl, and the Gator Bowl. And this is going to be one good match. These two, uh, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, they know each other for so long. There's going to be a good competition to see them two in the same field. Well, many predicted it was going to be in the finals. Definitely now we're going to see them in the semifinals. Uh, and then the next game is Alabama versus Notre Dame. We discussed this a lot earlier in the show. Uh, but, hey, this is two good programs going at it. You know, Notre Dame for being the first year and the only year they're going to be in the ACC. Uh Let's see how they'll do against the SEC Alabama, which are ranked one. But in history, uh, Notre Dame has five wins and Alabama two. I mean, I know history tends not to repeat itself, but the last time they met was the BCS championship on January 7, 2013, when Alabama outlasted Notre Dame 42 to 14. Maybe it will happen again or maybe it'll be closer. We'll have to wait and see. I think uh, this game's going to end a lot like that score. But there's plenty of plenty of stars and pretty potential to go to the NFL. But as you see in yellow, uh, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, and Ian Book, potential candidates to be as a Heisman hopefuls. But we'll find out tomorrow. Tune in to uh, CloverCrestMedia.com to know more information. Once the list come out, we're definitely going to let you know. Uh, and then also, we got the Capital One Bow Mania Challenge. That's right. All you have to do is sign up for Capital One Bowl Mania on ESPN.com. Search all four downs podcast and join us for our competition to see if you guys can outpick us on the show. All right. Uh, the website is uh, underneath, but all you have to do is search all four downs podcast and enter. It is free. And you could go against myself, Big J, Tech V's, Justin, and Joe. Right now, Big J's is in the lead by one game. But, you know, things could turn around. You're not too late. So, by all means, please go ahead and join. It'll be a whole lot of fun there. And speaking about Heisman earlier, we got the Heisman winner right here, Joe Burrow, who won it last year. And, again, the purpose why I had that list since 2008, only two running backs has won the Heisman. The rest have been quarterbacks, but the only two wide receivers to win the Heisman is Tim uh, Brown, not Tim Brown, and Desmond Howard. 
You know, that, that, that time means it was a very long time. Back in 1987, Desmond Howard, who also is part of ESPN, won it in 1991. And for that and the reason, you guys, can Devontae Smith win the Heisman this year? And I will start in a row. We'll start with you, uh, Hector. Do you believe he could win this year, or do you think Mac Jones or somebody else? I think Devontae Smith, he can win it. You know, I mean, he has a quarterback who's, you know, helping him get to that level. So, you know, the only one that I think is in his way is his quarterback. So, you know, if he doesn't win it, then it's definitely going to go to Mac Jones. But I think he does have what it takes to win it. You know what I'm saying? And <clears> – <throat> And even probably elevate his game to the next level in the NFL, you know, with the right coaching staff. So yeah, I think he does. He can win this. I I, I do I, honestly. The more like I think about it, Devonte Smith, I, I I think is a little bit more deserving of Mac Jones. I mean, it, it, no one came into the season expecting Mac Jones to do well, and he did great. With everyone came into the season expecting. Devontae Smith to do really well. So, I mean, and he has done really well. I, I know he has – Devontae Smith himself has half of Mac Jones' passing yards as receiving yards, and he has the majority of the, the receiving touchdowns. So, I, I mean, you, you can't have one without the other. If, you, if you're going to give it to one guy, I, I think you kind of have to give it to Devontae Smith because Mac Jones isn't really passing to anyone else that's making that big of an impact. Hell, let, let, let's do co-Heisman champions. Give it to both of them because they're both very deserving. Yeah, I think that Devontae Smith uh, should be the Heisman winner. Um, obviously, I think that Mac Jones is a great quarterback, probably uh, one of the most accurate quarterbacks we've seen in, in, in college football uh, in just in any one season. But Devontae Smith is an absolute game wrecker. He is the best route runner that I've seen in a while. He's great after the catch. He's wide open. Um, every time that you see him get a touchdown, he's wide open. It's an easy throw for Mac Jones. Um, so I think that, you know, Mac Jones is definitely second. Um, I wouldn't have any problem if Mac Jones wins the Heisman, but I just think that um, Devontae or Mac Jones benefits more from having Devontae Smith as his receiver than Devontae Smith benefits from having Mac Jones at QB. Um, I think he's an absolute stud, and I, and I definitely think that he's the best receiver in the country. I think Devontae Smith should have won it, and I think he will win Heisman. The thing about it, too, is if Devontae Smith does not win the Heisman this year, I don't think there's ever a wide receiver that wins one again. Uh, you know, and let's Okay. Because normally he would play 13 games, and so who knows how much more. So he'd be over 20 touchdowns if he played 13 games. He got 17 in 11 games. He's been so good, and the numbers that he's putting up, I know Mac Jones has been great as well. But if they don't give it to Smith, I don't ever see wide receiver winning another Heisman. I, I unless it's just absolutely absurd numbers and the quarterback going throws that one wide receiver the whole time. Devontae Smith deserves should win it. Well, I, I would care what Joe was saying. I know he uh, he brought up the stats, uh, what Mac Jones has done, and we could compare it with uh, Devontae Smith. But keep in mind that the only reason why Devontae Smith is in the position he is now is because of Jason Waddle. Jason Wilder was the guy to get the ball, right? And that's why I kept saying that Alabama could probably pick any wide receiver they got in their roster, and they're probably going to do the same thing. They have the top recruits. They got the skills to do what the same thing Devontae uh, Smith is doing. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Mac Jones has been doing it from the very beginning. 
He's been putting up the stats. He's giving the ball. You look at the way he throws the ball. He has good judgment. He doesn't turn over the ball. He's very protected. You know, he got a good offensive lineman to do that. And, and again, the management he has and everything else, I mean, you would expect that for a quarterback that's on the second or third year as a starter. But this guy took over after Tua for that. He has one full season, and he's playing like he played four seasons in college. So I got to give him credit. I think Mac Jones is going to win uh, as far as for Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Trask. Look, Kyle Trask could have outshined him, but he didn't on that game. And for Trevor Lawrence, he missed out on games, man. Mac Jones been there from the very beginning. And he is deserving to win the Heisman. Against Arkansas, the um, greatest wide receiver in history, Devontae Smith had three catches oh for 22 yards. Get, get out of here. Three That's weeks ago, game. nobody was talking about Devontae Smith. When you got the most accurate quarterback in college football history, dropping dimes into your arms, and all you have to focus on is getting separation, and you run a 4-2-40, Please, Devontae, dude, Matt Jones couldn't make this any easier for this guy. Are you kidding me? And if it, if Waddle didn't get hurt, we wouldn't even be talking about Smith. So what oh, are you talking no, about? No, no, no. Let me bring up everyone's favorite, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has a 172.7 quarterback rating this year against the top 25 teams. Yeah. <laughs> 155.9. Give me a break. Only one guy has stepped up every single week and come out on top. His name is Devontae Matt Jones. Smith. Get over yourselves. Stop trying to make this harder than it needs to be. He's throwing to the best receiver in the country. So it's, it's, what? So it makes it a lot easier when I mean, you have wasn't preparation the, he wasn't the best receiver in the country when the season started. Waddle was. No, so now Waddle, we're just no, playing no, no, games no, no, and we're no, just, no, no. oh, no, stop. No. Waddle, Waddle's, more stop. Dynamic. Waddle's more dynamic because he's a better returner and he's probably the best returner in the country. And on top of that, he gives you receiving skills. But in terms of just pure receiving, there's no doubt Devontae Smith has been well, the best. Well, Mechie's been the top receiver the in three of the games this season. So, again, tell me tell me another and, tale. No, of course, Sorry. You, you, only pick, you only pick the one game where he has a bad game all season, too. It, uh, you bring and up I'm was the top receiver so he doesn't always just throw it to Devonte Smith that's not true I mean for the majority of the time he does obviously he has half of his yards and more than half of his so he's down. a smart and a good quarterback is what you're saying he puts the hand the ball right into the I hands mean, of the best receiver in the game yeah I well okay, yeah it's damn easy when you get that separation that's he gets 10 yards of separation almost every play especially when it's a routes down the field and if there's no safety there, then he's going to be right. doing that all day. And then all he has to do is just go like this, and the ball's in his freaking hands. Give me a break. Yeah, it's, exactly. a, it's a like beautiful, any quarterback it's a beautiful be combination. Any but quarterback no, should be able to put the ball any on. Quarterback any should be able to do that, dude. But yeah. do they? Uh, most of the the good ones, yeah. I'm not saying Mac Jones isn't good. I just said Mac Jones probably it has been the best quarterback in the country this season. I'm just I saying think, he's benefited think, a lot from having the I best think He sure did. Of course he did. So did Tua. Uh, okay, <laughs> like I, I, I'm not. No, Mitchell Burrow. So did Justin Fields. The more weapons around you, the better you look. I could say Justin Fields must suck this year because without all the weapons around him, certainly wasn't the quarterback he was last year. Am I right? He still. I mean, he still has weapons, though. Sure, he still, he certainly still has weapons, but not the weapons that he had last year. Not the defense yeah. he had last year. There's a lot of problems in Ohio. Weapons. Justin Point Fields is, is if you have weapons, you have to utilize the weapons. 
It, it yeah. does you no good to have nunchucks if you're just going to hit yourself with a nut. <laughs> <laughs> and goes to show. And goes to show that Jones, the fact that Mac Jones mm. is a ninja whooping them things around, baby. It Heisman. He started the year as the Heisman and he's finished it. He's done nothing any week to make you think he doesn't deserve it. And and I appreciate how good Devontae Smith is. It, mind you, in the in the game, I mentioned the three catches. He did return a punt for a touchdown. You big play guy. And you're right. If there's any receiver deserving of it, that would be the guy. Unfortunately, I mean, Devontae Smith is going to get an award, and he's going to be the best wide receiver in college yeah. football. I hope but, so. Uh, no, but Mac Jones. But Mac, who? Uh, what you say? The first ever tight end. Whoa, 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 whoa. The cop award. Pitts has been and been concussed, and he's not going to win. He might win for the best tight end, but he's not going to get the wide receiver spot. I'm sorry. But as far as Mac Jones, from week one, you didn't hear Devontae Smith. Mac Jones has been doing it from the beginning. I've been seeing it on the show. Then you must not know college football if you didn't hear uh, Devontae yeah, Smith. Yeah. Listen, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on for a second. You didn't let me finish. Waddle was getting more of the catches in the beginning. If you're watching football, yep. like you're trying to tell me, all big, right? Big, if you're watching game, football, bro, you know Waddle until he got hurt and got out for the season against mm-hmm. Georgia, you would know that Smith took that spot and he ran with it. Okay? Mm-hmm. But Jones was there from week one. And mm-hmm. that's all I'm gonna that's all she wrote on this show. And I'm telling you right now, next week we're gonna make our final decision right now. So get your votes in, everyone. Who is gonna win the Heisman next week? And who is gonna be the national champion next week? That's right. Next week, 7:30, Wednesday night. Save it. Faith follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can catch us again every week. And you can find us on clovercrestmedia.com with the latest news, predictions, and everything else you want to know about college football and the XFL. And this pretty much wraps up our show. And we're going on last down. Joe, the floor is yours. I got to tell you, that felt like a conspiracy a few minutes ago, that Devontae Smith stuff, but whatever. 2020 has been a pretty amazing season. It's been a pretty crazy year. We've seen some real highlights. We've seen some lowlights. We've seen history and some really great football games. Of course, it's the holidays. It's the season of giving, not receiving. Especially if you're in one of the smaller conferences where no one ever gives you anything. That's right. You'll never get a chance to play one of the big programs. If you do, it'll be at their place and you'll probably lose it. They're never going to let you into their bowl season. And they're certainly not going to let you into their playoffs. So I'd like to give a little bit of love to the small schools. The ones who opted in. The ones who went through two-a-days. And and through all the training in in the shortened uh, preseason. All those programs that played 10, 11, 12 games and entertained us every single weekend this fall and winter knowing that they would not even be considered. On a final note, before the season started, I said Mac Jones was going to lead Alabama to an undefeated season, a national championship and win the Heisman. He's halfway home, baby. Roll, Tide, roll. Thank you for joining us on All Four Downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. For more, visit clovercrestmedia.com or hhwshow.com. Get all the latest in the world of sports, unique perspectives, wide-ranging opinions, and so much more. Follow us on social media. Make sure you like, share, and leave us a review. For Jace Garcia, Sean Scanlon, Hector Vasquez Jr., and our guest Justin Afrio from Sports Talk with R&J, and of course, 
our amazing executive producer, Obi Munez. I am Joe Aguirre wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you next Wednesday night at 730 for all four downs. 